2: Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales Revisited, and uh, I'm joined with Rick, as usual. Hello! And uh, I didn't even say who I was, (laughs) and I'm I'm Bob Shoy. It's been a while, like, I've forgotten how to do these things. Um, Super high energy. We were supposed to release this episode last week, record it last week, Yeah, but uh, Rick had some laptop problems. Yeah,
0: blue screen. Sorry, people.
2: But we're back. It's okay. We're we are raring to go the only thing is we did all these notes prepared for last week and now we're both opening our notebooks for the first time in a week it's a
0: double-edged sword so i've got a feeling it's going to be sloppy yeah, it's and going to be really sloppy I, I feel like we're going to get a lot of flack for this one anyway so uh, yeah yeah they're, they're going to be coming for us
2: and I've also just had, you know, last week I was like, it's okay, I've had a really long day, yeah. I'm pretty tired anyway. I've had a much, much harder day this time around, so <laughs> I'm absolutely shattered, so we're going to see what, what we can do. It, it, you it, know, t-
0: Lower your expectations right off the bat. Yeah. It's going to be It's this or
2: nothing, it's this or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't like it, Beef and Tiss are back next, so... <laughs> 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 As if they're professional, you know? <laughs> So, this time, we are revisiting the topic of the Phoenix Lights. Yeah, Um,
0: big one. And actually, our first actual chat about proper UFOs. Yeah, yeah. We've referenced them enough. Like, you know, we did the cattle mutilation one, but this is our first actual chat about a UFO
2: sighting. Yeah, it's weird, because for how big UFO sightings are in this whole field that the pod's about, we don't actually do that many episodes on them. Hmm. And this is sort of the re- most renowned UFO sighting probably ever. Um, and when we talked about it on episode 30, I think it was epi- yeah, episode 30, called uh, Proof of Aliens, which was Tiss's first alien episode. Me and Beef were such noobs when it came to alien stuff. Like, we had never even heard of the Phoenix Lights. Really? Yeah, wow. Tiss introduced them to us. Um, then, so that was the first time we'd ever seen it. And I think later in this episode, I'm going to play some clips of me and Beef on that old episode because I listened to it in preparation for this. I was like, I'll listen to the old episode. See what we said. And it was really funny. And I got to say, I actually, I really enjoyed listening to that old episode. It was really nostalgic and it felt like that was when. Weird Tales really found its feet. I know it's 30 episodes in, it's quite a way. But by the end of it, we were all like really chuffed with how the episode went. And I listened to it and I was like, yeah, well done, guys. That was a really good, really oh, nice. good show. Yeah. It was really, really varied and it was really funny. And um, I, I even made myself laugh because Tis is talking about um, on that episode, um, you know, Buzz Aldrin said they saw aliens on the moon. Yeah. And then Beef goes, oh, what did they look like? And I go, yeah, well, they fit. <laughs> <laughs> The natural question. <laughs> Such a stupid throwaway line. It really caught me off guard and made me laugh. <laughs> Beef says ASL. <laughs> but it's a good one. If you want to listen to some old weird tales, episode thirty, proof of aliens. It's a really good one. Well done, Tiss, for about six, seven years ago. Um, but yeah, we're going to really dig into the Phoenix Lights properly this time because mm. we only talked about it for about ten minutes on that episode, and it was really just Tiss playing us the video. And sort of saying, yeah, loads of people saw this. And for him, he said it was the thing that got him first excited about aliens and things like that when he was a kid because he saw the footage on a on a TV show or something. Yeah. Um, so that was why he would talk about it then. But yeah, I uh, that was the first I'd heard of it. And in preparation for this, um, it was interesting, like digging through actual the, all the accounts because there's a lot of accounts to this. Yes, tons. Over ten thousand witnesses, they reckon. Ten thousand!
0: Wow, mm. God, because I was getting varying witness numbers. The the only concrete number that I saw anywhere is um, someone said over seven hundred witnesses called the National UFO Reporting Center.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's um, that was one. That, there was a councilwoman who set up a call line. This was after the the fact um, a meeting with the council. Where she was sort of mocked a little bit, and then she sort of said, "Call me directly with your account to the public." And she she received seven hundred calls herself. Wow, she documented. But yeah, over when you put together all like the calls on the night and the calls to her and all the stuff in the media and all that stuff, they reckon it's over ten thousand witnesses. So it's a big deal. It's
0: it's another one that involves interesting characters and some pretty wacky stuff as well that uh, that crops up around it. It's, it's oh, interesting. Oh
2: yeah. So I don't know if you watched. There's a there's a a fairly well known documentary about this record. I don't know if you saw it.
0: Um, is that the one by Dr. Lynn Keith?
2: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I watched it actually. Oh. Um I wasn't going to, and then I can't remember. I got a free afternoon or something and um I I remembered it existed and I was like oh, I'm going to watch it so um I did watch it it's called The Phoenix Lights it came out in 2005 sometimes um it has the subheading we are not alone for The Phoenix yeah. Lights we're not alone but it's normally just called The Phoenix Lights um and yeah it was made by this um Dr. Lin, is it Kaite, Kite? Kite? I Kite, that's what I yeah.
0: found. yeah. Apologies to the good doctor if that's not the case. Yeah. can I just can I just add? She's a proper actual medical doctor, not some sort of weird like doctor yeah, yeah, of no, like, healing crystals. She's the real deal. Yeah. She had
2: seen before the actual night, um the March of the thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven was when it happened. Um before that night, she had seen the same thing on a smaller scale. Um, I think it was maybe like a month or two before yeah. and taken some pictures and that when it happened again she said she was the only one reported it that first time but then when it happened again in bigger scale and everyone saw it she said she felt really uh, like validated by yeah. the fact that everyone else was witnessing this thing and it was so much more clear and so much lower and it was a big deal and that's led her to be interested in it. See I didn't know that I'll have to actually take
0: the time to watch that documentary then
2: yeah it's all right it's the first half's better like the, i feel like the last third of it sort of goes off on a weird track a little bit it starts oh. talking about um native american superstitions and things like that and oh, i thought like, where, where are we going with this okay uh, but the first sort of 45 minutes of it are pretty solid accounts like loads of like accounts and footage of the time and talking mm. to people and um yeah it just it's a good summary of the events so yeah. like it did well to cap off my research
0: I think the thing that really surprised me about like reading about this is like I, I'd heard of the Phoenix lights before obviously and you know, I knew it was like a v-shaped formation of lights that were seen in the sky over um, Arizona but mm-hmm. sorry Phoenix, Arizona Arizona is a bloody big state. Um, but I didn't know there was two separate incidences on the same night. I didn't realize that.
2: Well the it's weird because some people say it when it was just over the city and some people say it actually did go like a lot of the state of Arizona like hovered a long distance mm. up to the Estrella Mountains, yeah. south of Phoenix. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because Estrella, meaning stars, and there was loads of Native American stories from that mountain range saying, um, there's a quote here, that some Native Americans would say that's where our brothers would come and go. Oh, interesting. About those mountains. And um, that's kind of where it went towards um, through Phoenix towards those Estrella Mountains. Hmm.
0: Because, yeah, I read that uh, apparently the initial sighting happened near a town called Paulden, which is two hours oh, right. north of Arizona. And it was a retired police officer. And he reported seeing five lights in a V formation. Uh, sorry, sorry. Orange red lights in a V-shaped mm-hmm. formation moving in a southeasterly direction. But then I've seen other reports as well saying there were there are other sightings uh, earlier in the afternoon that weren't very right. visible, saying it started near uh, the California coast, near Nevada
2: interesting mm. the the general time i've got here for how long it wasn't just like some people saw it for a bit there people say it went on for about 5 30 p.m till about 2 a.m in the morning mm. so that's no wonder there were so many witnesses because that's a good chunk of hours where this was hovering and moving slowly um but yeah, let's let's go over. We're, we're jumping right into it. Let's yeah, talk <laughs> about actually what the Phoenix lights are, in case there is anyone listening who doesn't know. Rick, give us an expla a description of these things
0: so it was a collection of lights that were seen hovering up in the sky Uh, reports were either they were yellowish uh, reddish orange or bright orange Mm. lights uh, that were in a mostly v-shaped formation that appeared to be uh, moving in tandem side by side some people were reporting that they saw it as a solid v-shaped craft as they saw it go overhead other people were saying it was a disparate collection of lights um, there's various, but well, there's loads of videos available that you can see of it. There's a few that are a bit more famous than others that are available online. And you have to just see it to believe it, really. It's quite interesting. And some of them that I've seen, you can actually see the individual lights appearing to, to move independently rather than joined up, So,
2: Yeah, that's the thing. Because some people said um, they felt like it was one craft, like you said, in a V shape. Mm. And the line, the lights were like... In that formation. And so when it passed over them, and it was completely silent, that's the thing that I found interesting. It's completely silent. There's no noise that this thing generates. But when it went over them, it would block out the stars in between the lights. Yes. Yeah. So that's what made them feel like it was one whole thing. And because they, I know some videos. It looks like they're moving independently, but then a lot of people also said, "Well, they moved so steadily; they had to have been attached in some way." Mm. um But then again, there's so many reports that it does vary a little bit.
0: I, I'm sorry to be like immediately Captain Skeptical, but <laughs> you know, um have you ever had it where you've where you've stared at like lights in the distance and your brain starts to like make patterns between them? Right. Do you know what I mean like you look at something, your brain starts to almost like fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that—that's what I'm seeing
2: here. You're like, allowed to be—you're allowed to be skeptical, Rick. It's fine. You're not going to get attacked. But does I feel like
0: people <laughs> expect me to just instantly shit all over everything. Going, no, no, it's not aliens. That's fine. They expect it. But it, it, to me, like if, if, if it was something extraterrestrial, um, from what I've seen video-wise, it, it seems that they're moving independently. From from the footage, it doesn't seem like it's a giant-shaped crop. But then again, there mm-hmm. were a lot of people who did report that, and I wasn't there. So you know, I'm looking at... Bear in mind, this was in 1997, was it?
2: Yeah, 97. Yeah.
0: So we're not talking about modern-day HD video camera stuff here. This is old-school, you know, on a, on a magnetic tape-style uh, handheld camera.
2: Well, talking of the day, March 97, I didn't even realize when I suggested this, it's the 25th anniversary. Oh shit, yeah. It's been a big deal. They've been replaying the documentary at like uh, screenings in America. And uh, yeah, it's literally just a month after the 25th anniversary right now, so.
0: Wow, timely. Yeah. The puzzle in the sky that a lot of people say is still unsolved. This weekend marks the 25th anniversary of the Phoenix Lights, a formation of lights spotted in the night sky by thousands of people here in Arizona and then throughout the Southwest. Now some have tried to explain that phenomenon saying that it was caused by military flares, but others say the answer is still unknown, but is out there waiting to be found.
2: Even though we may not have the technology yet to definitively
3: define what these things are, it doesn't mean they're not real. We may just be looking on the AM dial for an FM frequency. So it's important that we get this out in the open.
2: That's one of the reasons I came forward. It's enough already with the ridicule and the laughing and the, the snickering and the discrediting. Something is going on that's real. So we have to get this out in the open and
3: address it, accept it and study it so we can find out not only who's driving these things, but move forward in our own evolution.
2: But yeah, this 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 collection of lights—it was seen by the public, it was seen by pilots, it was seen by air traffic controllers. Uh, there was people calling all night, like Rick said. There's people, there's footage, pictures, all this stuff going on. The, what I found interesting about a lot of people's description of these lights, though, is it was like they were um, like hard, like a physical object, like mm. not just a glow, like almost like a spherical hard light. Yeah, like and they were, actually had matter to them. The lights which was interesting because a lot of people had that same description of them which um, i found quite interesting um and like i said it was completely silent it was pretty close to the ground like way lower than aircraft would be flying and it was moving slowly really slowly mm. and a lot of people said that like a lot of people who know about aircraft like pilots and, and things like that were saying what they found interesting about it is it was moving too slowly if it was one solid craft, it was way- moving too slowly to actually stay in the air. Like, it wouldn't stay in the air at that speed. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of interesting wrinkles like that that add to it.
0: Yeah, so it also couldn't have been drones at that time either, because that was, like, before the invention of, yeah, yeah. of, you know, civilian-grade drones. Wouldn't have been helicopters either, because this, the speed they were moving, and why would they hover in formation over a, over a city for that long, moving so slowly? Yeah.
2: Um, it was two months. Okay, so of course, I've just got to my My notes are going to be in all sorts of order, so <laughs> forgive me for jumping around a little bit. But Dr. Kite, I said, I said that she had seen a similar thing. She had seen it, it was two months before. Okay. She had seen the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Two months, that's the time.
0: Did, did she describe the first event? Because I, I know, like I said earlier, like the, the first event that happened um, in in March 97, there was five lights, and then when it got close to Phoenix, it was nine. Did she describe what she saw in that first one? If
2: I remember rightly, because I didn't know about her seeing it before until that was in the documentary. That was how it kind of starts, the documentary of her sitting down talking about the first time. Hmm. And um, it did seem like it wasn't as big. It wasn't as many lights. It didn't hang around for as long. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, again, so the back... One more thing about this, uh, the actual description of it, is that these lights, when when people looked at them and they looked up at them, uh, they were... A lot of people described them as being per- perfectly, like, in perfect distance from each other. It wasn't like some were closer than others. There was a perfect distance between each light. Hmm. Um, and this is when I've said... I've written on my notes, like, this is when some people describe this more, like, orb-like... Um, and like um like a very warm glow, like an orange glow you said before they were like orangey, reddy orangey sort of red lights. yeah, 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 and the word that kept coming up uh in the statements I saw is a lot of people said it would looked uh, the word perfect, there was a a perfect nature to the the layout and the light and the color and the way it moved, and all this stuff, so um yeah, oh, another interesting, another person, so some people said it, it blocked out the stars completely. Um, I saw a couple of people who said that actually when they looked up between the lights, it didn't completely block out the stars. It was like, they said it was like looking through water.
0: Okay, that's interesting. I didn't see that.
2: So it wasn't completely clear and it wasn't completely solid. Some huh. According to some people, it was something in between. Wow. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, Rick. I just said at the beginning that the first I knew of it was, and Tis talked about it on the podcast, but mm. how where are you? were you? Did you know about this as a kid or...?
0: I, for some reason, whenever I think of this, I think about the X-Files, right. and, I, and I think the reason why is that was around about the time that I got the internet for the first time at home, and you know, being interested in the X-Files, that was when I really started looking into all the sort of the paranormal and the bizarre, Yeah, yeah. and so I think the Phoenix Lights came up kind of early for me, it must it must have been around about the year 2000 or so, I'd have seen it, but it was just mm-hmm. like reading stuff online on, you know, all those terrible forums you can find in yeah, those yeah. awfully laid out
2: GeoCity sites. Yeah, yeah, love Just it.
0: loads of those with terrible music that are playing in the background, awful GIFs, big flashing text, that sort of thing.
2: I love the early days of the internet. So
0: it did come up quite early on, um... And it's not one of those ones that I, have, I was ever really able to research all that much because there wasn't that much mm. info out there at the time when I was looking into it. But now, there's quite a wealth. And as I say, you know, there's, there's videos on YouTube and some, some fairly decent stuff on there as well. And But the problem is, as I say, is the technology at the time. Yeah, yeah. If you were to have a more you know, more modern event using today's technology, I think you'd, you'd see it in a whole different light. Well,
2: the interesting thing about this one, and it's why so, so many people... Point to this as like the best proof or the best evidence or whatever is there's just so much data. Normally, you've got like one blurry picture or whatever, but there's just a huge amount of videos, pictures, reports, so much footage of this thing that no one can really explain. There's never been a proper explanation. There's been bullshit stories, cover ups that are Mm. pure bullshit, which I guess we'll come to in a bit. But there's there's never been a proper explanation for it, yet there's so much data.
0: Yeah. And this is the trouble. A lot of it is relying on the eyewitness account. And yeah, the, as you say, the explanations that have been given, they're plausible. But yeah, this, it's easy to punch holes in yeah. quite a lot
2: of it. So uh, the people who believe this is aliens, um, because mm. some people don't don't believe it's aliens, Rick. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Show me these people. The people who do, they said that if they felt like this was um, purposeful, it was purposeful contact, like they were Mm. putting on a parade, like, because it was so obvious and so low and for such a long time, Mm. they said they felt like um, that they they wanted to be seen. They were uh, displaying a peaceful communication with us in some way. Yeah. That's a nice idea. It is. But where was, they didn't call back.
0: Yeah, exactly. And this is always <laughs> my problem with theories like this, is where have they been ever since? Yeah,
2: we didn't shoot them down, so if they came in peace, we also responded in peace, and then they just yeah. didn't call back. Yeah, Not exactly. even a, like, a, a te- like a you up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so one of the people you mentioned earlier um, was the, the councilwoman. Um yeah. who who and this was a lady who who brought up the incident at a council meeting saying what's going on with this is is an investigation being opened.
2: This is and a Fra- Francis Borrowwood. That's the, the one. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And, um, and she had a colleague approach her afterwards who said, you shouldn't have done that. And then yeah, apparently yeah. people just restarted really taking the piss. They had her in the newspapers and basically tried to make her look like a complete moron. Yes. But the thing I found really interesting about this is one, one of the, the, the key players that I saw in terms of, of evidence and speaking publicly about it was the governor. Yeah. A man called um, Fife Symington. Who's, who's a very interesting character.
2: This is the bit in the documentary. Oh. I didn't know about this stuff. And this is the bit that I was like, wow, like the response to this was so weird. Yeah. Well, first of all, before the meeting, um, she said that she had called up the mayor's office mm. um, and said, she said, can you, can you tell me any information about the lights over Phoenix? And his response was, well, the response from the mayor's office, she said, was, we don't have UFOs over Phoenix. And she was like, that was such a weird thing to say on prompter because she never said the word UFOs. She said, could you tell me about the lights? Do you know any of huh. the information? They just, we don't have UFOs over Phoenix. Hmm. Um, so she said that was a really weird response. And then that's why she, she then brought it up, like you said, in the meeting and afterwards yeah. was mocked and derided. Cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, tell us about this, uh, the governor.
0: Yeah, Christ. <laughs> yeah, Fyde Um, An interesting chap. Uh, used to be a pilot. Um, seems to really know his stuff. And he he saw it. He not just over Phoenix as well. It, it, it flew over him. He said, and he he claimed to have seen a V-shaped aircraft. And he said that it was nothing like he'd ever seen before. And he claimed it was a craft of unknown origin, which was interesting. <laughs> Uh, to, to quote him directly, he said, "It was enormous, enormous, and inexplicable. Who knows where it came from? A lot of people saw it, and I saw it too. It was dramatic, and it couldn't have been flares because it was too symmetrical. It had a geometric outline, a constant shape."
2: That's really so. He the 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 governor said that. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, very. When when did he say that? Because he was very much in the cover up initially. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah, so th- this was this was I think a, c- a couple of days after it had happened, he came out wow. and said this publicly. But then, yeah, as you say, he completely changed his tune, which I found very bizarre. Hushed, hushed up. Yeah, so <laughs> he um, he he went on to hold a press conference. So you know, police either <laughs> side of him, the press there, and you can find this video online as well. It's on YouTube.
2: I have to say that when this bit came off with the documentary. I um Becca Becca went away last weekend and I watched mm. it. Look, I was watching it as she left. Yeah, I said oh, I'm just going to watch this documentary for the pod research. So she was like, pretty much on her way out the door, and then just heard me like burst out laughing and start clapping. You know, and you're just like <laughs> wow, yes. you just like clap. She's like, she's poked in like, what's going on? I was like, just look at the screen. Yeah, uh, tell them what it was, Rick.
0: Yes. So what my, my jaw dropped to this as well. It's ridiculous. So he stands in front of this stage stern looking man and he said that they had caught those responsible and that they were going to bring them on stage now to show them to the world
2: i got a quote he said we finally have an answer to the phoenix lights there you go (laughs)
0: and he traipsed on one of his aides (laughs) dressed up in a fancy dress alien costume (laughs) i shit you not
2: and it is a real piece of shit costume as well it's so stupid looking (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and so to to go from that, like I've seen it, it's not of this world. It's like a perfect geometric object, bigger than anything i have ever seen. To like uh, lol, aliens. It's yeah, it's such a weird
2: turnaround. And people were pissed off. Yeah, very. Um, as as the councilwoman Frances Broward said, she said um, she said that there people felt that like he was insulting the reports of ten thousand people with that conference. Yeah, it was in poor taste. But the so it's interesting. So first of all he said, Amazing, I've seen this incredible thing. Then he doubles back and says, Oh, it's aliens, haha, ha, you're a bunch of idiots. Now, years later, after he retired or resigned or whatever, that he was asked about it. And then he was like, Yeah, I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> Cause we didn't have an answer. Huh. And I, I we'd seen there was definitely something amazing. And definitely something unexplainable. But we had to try and nip it in the bud. I don't see how bringing a man out in a costume was nipping it in the bud. That's just going (laughs) to... It's going to beg on more questions, isn't it?
0: God damn. Um, the SPR people should be shot. That was terrible.
2: I love that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine now like the Twitter storm that would create? Oh, God, yeah. Like,
0: like imagine like they get over London and Boris gobs out. We've seen the response. <laughs> yeah,
2: people would be gobsmacked. I, yeah, yeah, I was real shocked absolutely. when I saw that footage. It was great. What a slap in the face. Yeah. <laughs> should we talk about what it potentially was then what the Phoenix lights are.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um I mean the biggest one the, the, the one that we always see traipsed around is the flare drops. Yeah.
2: Yes, because this was the official statement. Yeah. When yeah. when it was people were not dropping it, people wanted to know the air guard put out an official statement saying that they were using flares that night.
0: Yeah. And that, what I read is there was there's a pilot uh, a chap called Lieutenant Colonel Ed Jones and he's a pilot in the Maryland Air National Guard 104 Fighter Squadron, right. And in 2007, he said that he had been p- flying as part of a training formation of A10 Warthogs that night, and they did indeed drop flares, and he said they used L U U dash two B slash B illumination flares, and they can be seen from hundreds of miles given ideal environmental conditions, right. It says, later comparisons with known military flare drops were reported on local television stations as well, showing similarities between the known military flare and the Phoenix Lights. Um, also, in an analysis of the luminosity of those lu u 2 P illumination flares, uh, which were the type used in A-10 Warthogs at the time, um, it determined that the luminosity of such flares, um, a range of approximately six, 50 to 70 miles, would fall within the range of the lights viewed from Phoenix by the, the route this formation flew. Okay.
2: Mm. So what I have on the flares is that... A lot of people argue that even if um, they were flares, there's actually, even if it was these specific type of flares, there's still some amount of, um, like, a trail. Mm. And n- all the footage had no trail. It was yeah. And it was all so perfectly in line. Basically, the chances of it all being so perfectly in line, there was no flickering to the lights, there was no trail... Um, there was, there was yeah. There was like a flatness of the formation. It was a very mm. perfect formation. the 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 argument is like, what are the chances? Okay, well, anything's possible. But yeah, it's the main the main defense is what, what There's no trail. There's no flare trail.
0: Well, one thing I did find kind of interesting that. That sort of put me more on the sceptical side was there's some footage uh, that was taken of the Phoenix Lights by a chap called, and I'm sorry if I pronounce this wrong, but it's Mike, I think it's Kirsten, his name is spelled K-R-Z-Y-S-T-O-N. It's Kirsten. Right. right. Um, so he caught some footage of the lights on the night. And then there is a video, which I'll send you, Bob, and the listeners can have a have a watch if they're so inclined. And someone has taken the Kirsten footage and they've superimposed it over footage that was taken from the exact same place during the daytime. Mm -hmm. And what you can see in the daytime footage is the mountain range in the background. And when you superimpose the Kirsten footage over the top of it, you can actually see... Where the flare? Well, you know, I'm, I'm using the term flares here. I'm not advocating for anything here. I'm just saying flares because it is what it, what it is. You can see the flares seem to drop down one by one behind the mountain as they disappear because the Kirsten footage shows the disappearance of the lights as they slowly blinked right. out one by one. So it appears to be lights dropping behind the mountain.
2: Right. Mm. Interesting. That didn't come yeah. up in the documentary. The documentary, I have to say, is obviously going to be 100% skewed on the fact that this is Aliens.
0: Oh, they need to keep that cash cow rolling,
2: yeah. So they really poo pooed the flares like instantly. They were like, Hogwash, like it's not happening, that's not <laughs> it. Um, and all these uh, quote unquote scientists saying, Well, no, no way. Um, so I-, I was initially very much on the side of like, No way, no way, this is flares. And I think mm. even when Tis uh trotted that explanation out on episode 30 of Weird Tales, me and Beef were like, No, no way, flares fuck off with your flares. <laughs> we were not.
0: I, I could see it being flares because the V-shaped formation. Because you know how, like, fighter craft, when they're flying in right. formation, they tend to fly in, like, a, in a V-shape. Right. So it would make sense if they were all sort of, like, dropping flares in sync. But
2: Rick... If you look up at the sky between flares, you can see stars. It's not a solid shape. <laughs> this is true. And, and
0: this is what kind of shoots that down a little bit. Yeah. But then again, you know, when you look at a light at a distance, does it maybe blur things that are behind it? You know what I mean? No,
2: no one on the night, the thing, on the night when um, pilots called in, um, including one very famous pilot, which I'll come to later, mm. um, about it. No one. Everyone said, no, there's nothing happening tonight.
0: Yeah. There's nothing pinged on radar.
2: Yeah, nothing. And when you've got pilots calling like air bases and stuff, they kind of have to tell them if there's stuff going up in the air. So yeah. that's, that's very odd mm-hmm. for them to be like, oh no, actually, we were doing something like a couple of weeks ago when, when that was happening. Mm kind of should have told the pilot at the time when they were asking uh, exactly by the way before we come on to it do you know the very famous pilot? i, I um, do yes yeah, I, Okay. I, I love that so much <laughs> me too now, when i stumbled across that like again i was grinning from ear to ear of all people yeah i know <laughs> Alright, Okay. So that's the flares. That's one, one, one idea. Mm. Some people said as a helicopter formation. Bollocks. Yeah. Um, helicopters. That
0: would be loud.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Very loud. Yeah. And I just don't see that. Like a trail of like between five and nine helicopters flying in a perfect V formation through the middle of the night over for hours. It's just mad. It's yeah. just no. Yeah. And,
0: and and flying very slowly for hours as well. It yeah. That's the sense. other thing. There's it's the no... speed. There's no benefit. It's the only reason why the flares seem a little bit more plausible to me, because they would hang in the sky for a while.
2: Mm, talking about flares, though, how long do flares hang around in the sky? Because there were reports between 5.30pm and 2am. This is very true,
0: yeah. I, I, yeah. unfortunately i do not know the specification of the L U L L l l u u 2b slash b illumination flare <laughs> I'm
2: gonna get you to say that a few more times by the end <laughs> right so the helicopters we're just yeah we're kicking that one out straight away
0: yes yeah for sure um
2: stealth planes mm, once again noisy Yes, that's the thing. People think that's a good idea, but stealth planes are stealth planes because they evade radar, not because they're silent. They're very human eye. Yes, (laughs) yeah, exactly. One
0: got shot down over Europe uh, in the I think it was late '90s or early 2000s, and that was by someone on the ground who had one of those manpad launches.
2: Also, at one point, um, a lot of people said that the formation stayed still for quite a while, Mm. and there's no stealth plane that's like hovering around silently. Uh, let alone formation.
0: Well, I know the F 22 Raptor can do vertical takeoff and sort of hover to a degree, but it wasn't in production at the time. The stealth that's... aircraft at the time was the F 117A and the B 2 Spirit.
2: So you would say um, people, that's when you can say, like, oh, it's testing. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is it. And
0: especially when you start getting into the all, oh, but yeah, we we saw it originated near Nevada. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that's when the crazies start coming up.
2: That leads on to the next one secret aircraft. Yes. My question is, if we have these secret aircraft, where are they now? Like, this yep. is 1997. Um, and also, if it's that secret, why fly it across the middle of a massive city? <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: And, and, and granted, there there are super hush-hush test aircraft out there. And if you start digging mm. into it, you can find some phenomenal models of aircraft. Like, I'm a little bit of a secret aircraft nerd. I, I love them. I mean, there's so many fascinating developments that have happened mm. in, in aerospace. And there's so much that the public actually never gets to see because it was just like a one-off test or they're testing specific aerodynamics on an aircraft. Mm-hmm. So it might not necessarily be something that's mass production, but it still stands that anything that you're going to be shoving up in the sky has got a fuck-off great engine on it. And yeah. It's going to make a lot of noise. You can't hide that.
2: Yeah, that's true. And that is one of the key elements of the story, like how silent... Every that was, every single person said it was silent. Yeah. So, um, And then another... Uh, explanation i have is that it was a ufo uh <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah. you mean technically it's a ufo it is by its very definition true yeah so already that one's winning for me yeah
0: <laughs> that's the this, is the this is what we're actually going to agree it's aliens
2: um and then the other one this is again in that documentary they They started getting into... um, You know, I said it sort of lost me across the last third of it. They started getting into um, interdimensional stuff. Okay. And um, about things place-hopping between dimensions. Oh, Christ. Um, It really went full hog on this stuff towards the end. Um, So I kind of... That's all I made. That's the only notes I've written. I've written gets into interdimensional stuff and then quotes place-hopping.
0: And I, I know why you've kept your notes that short because it is just it's it's the realm of the silly and the actual unexplainable. I know it's kind of the title of the show, but yeah, yeah. It's nothing that's proven. they have gone. Oh, it could be interdimensional. Like, well, prove there anything, are extra anything. Anything
2: could first. be. I can't yeah. weigh in on my opinion yeah. on it being interdimensional. I put
0: my keys. Oh, they're in the other dimension. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so it easy slipped. to do. They place hopped. Yeah.
2: I mean, I love the idea of interdimensional beings, and I love that oh, as a description for like people say, "Oh, that's what ghosts are," and all that stuff. Yeah, and actually, yeah. that the documentary they do start getting into that, like what if all these things that we don't know are this, which is the classic theory. And I do, I do kind of like it. It's kind of cool, and it's it's been on the list of Weird Tales episodes to con- to cover at some point interdimensional yeah. beings and stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll get to it eventually.
0: The problem is, though, whenever you bring that sort of thing into any conversation about UFOs, I feel like it really detracts from the actual core of the issue. Yeah, Because you're essentially just dragging in any other theories that you can. You you might as well start talking about healing crystals at that point. Because it's just as stupid. You can say... You
2: can bring it into any argument. Yeah. Like, interdimensional beings just kind of stops any argument dead. Because now we're not talking about what we were talking about. Like you said, it's it's taking over. Something
0: that was evidenced and real. You've suddenly made it all airy-fairy. And that's where it loses my attention, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you had any other potential um, explanations. That's all I had.
0: Yeah, so the... You know, I mentioned there was an event earlier in the night, like at seven o'clock, with the right. five lights. So apparently, at eight thirty, um, th- there were five lights were spotted in a V formation um, by a crew of, uh, of uh, sorry, the cockpit crew of america West seven five seven airliner at seventeen thousand feet near Lake Pleasant in Arizona, and they noticed the lights and reported them. And the co-pilot, a guy called John Middleton, jokingly said to the pilot, a guy called Larry Campbell, there's a UFO. (laughs) Um, And apparently they queried the regional air traffic control in Albuquerque and a controller radioed back and said that it was a formation of CT-144 aircraft flying at 19,000 feet. And apparently, over here in the exchange on the radio, someone claiming to be a pilot in the formation then radioed Middleton and said, "We're Canadian Showbirds flying tutors." And that, so the um, the Snowbirds are basically like uh, you know like uh, the, the Blue Angels or the Red Arrows for yeah, UK yeah, listeners. Yeah. yeah, just like um, formation stunt pilots, which is kind of interesting.
2: Okay, I didn't hear about that at all.
0: Yeah, it's it's one that one that I found uh, buried away, but once again, I've not been able to evidence it, unfortunately. But mm. yeah, they they're allegedly flying these CT one forty four one uh, forty fours, which are a two seat training aircraft nicknamed the Tutor, and apparently it's got a quite bright landing light right in its nose. Um, apparently, the Snowbirds absolutely deny that this happened, and apparently they don't fly in V formation and they don't fly with their landing lights on, which is pretty bloody obvious, right? <laughs> <laughs> But there was another little thing that went along with that as well because apparently there was an astrologer and a guy named Mitch Stanley who was out looking through his telescope looking for the Halley Bop comet that night. Yeah. And he used his telescope and he was looking up at these lights. And to quote him, he said, uh, they are what looked like individual lights to the naked eye actually split into two under the resolving power of the telescope. The lights were located on the undersides of squarish wings. And he then went on to say the planes themselves look like light private planes, and you know that's that's not a de facto explanation, but it's it's one of the best I've been able to find that's right. got some degree of of backup and someone else's as as evidenced it.
2: Well, talking of people that witnessed it, then do you want to talk about the the pilot that we mentioned earlier that did witness it, the famous oh, pilot? Please, after you. So, um, someone that did witness this on at the time. And uh, didn't realize how big an event they were witnessing until years later. Was uh, someone that listeners you might have heard of, uh, Kurt Russell? <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> the one, the only.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, incredible. Um, did, did so? Did you see the interviews with him talking about this? Any footage and stuff?
0: Yeah, I saw. I saw him on the on Jimmy Kimmel
2: actually. No, I, I I watched a couple of ones, but the one actually the one on Jimmy the Jimmy Kimmel one. I'm going to insert. So, you, people, listeners, you can hear it from the horse's mouth. I'll insert it now. Uh, Kurt Russell talking about when he witnessed the Phoenix Lights.
4: You, uh, there's a story that, uh, another story involving you and your son that I want to ask you about because I don't know the details on this story, but you guys saw a UFO. True? Oh, you're talking about, yeah. Um, yeah, it is In true. a plane, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Goldie, Goldie had an experience. I, I, she wrote about it in her book. It's, it, it, but anyway, so she's... She's not just a firm believer. She had an experience. So one time, Oliver, I was flying. I was, it was in, in a time where I was <laughs> kind of like, I had just a couple of years earlier learned to fly. So I was still in a period in my life where any excuse to fly would do. He wanted to go to Phoenix to see a friend. And I said, sure, I'll fly. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we flew to, we were my to Phoenix. My dad wouldn't drive me yeah, to right. the mall, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, bowling. That was it. <laughs> So we're going into Phoenix, and uh, we're—I think it was Sky Harbor—and there's these bank of lights, six lights, in the shape of a triangle, going back, right over the airport. And I'm looking at them as I'm coming in. I'm, you know, on the on the horn talking to them, and I'm coming in, and I'm not saying anything about it because I'm kind of confused by it. But I can't tell if this is going to be an issue or not with landing. And Oliver said, uh, "Hey, Pa, what are those lights?" And it was, and I said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they are. And so anyway, I called up the tower and I said, what are you guys painting tonight over the, over the airport? And they said, we're not showing anything. What, what are you seeing? And I said, well, there's six lights in a row. And they said, do you want to report this? And I said, ah, look, it, I, I can't identify it. It's flying and it's six objects. <laughs> so that's what it is, right? So we landed. I dropped him off, flew home. Years later... I come I come home and Goldie's watching this show on UFOs. And the most reported one of all time was this one in Phoenix. And I'm watching, I start to see this show, and I said, wait a minute. That's the night Ollie and I were landing in Phoenix. I remember that. And I had I, I said, wait a minute, I've got it in my in my logbook. So I went to my logbook and I, I didn't mention anything about the the reporting the UFO, but my but my, light, my flight was logged. So I said, yeah. And, and on the show, they talked about 20,000 people reporting it and only one um, general aviation pilot. And I said, that's, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and, right, so, so the weirdest part of that to me, though, was I'd never thought about it from the time I landed until oh. I saw that TV show. And when I saw Oliver the next day, he hadn't either. Really? And I thought that was kind of bizarre. That's when you know you have an interesting life, when you go like, yeah, UFO. <laughs>
2: so there we go amazing uh kurt russell witnessed it himself i, I didn't even know the man was a pilot which no.
0: I, I, it just made him even cooler in my eyes that's amazing
2: i love that he was just like dropping his son off
0: yeah i know <laughs> At the phoenix sky harbor airport yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so cool what a dude what a life
2: so that was that was such like a nice cherry on, on top of my research because that was the last thing I found out. I was like, I'll just do a quick I didn't do any YouTube searching. I was like, I'll just do a quick YouTube search before I wrap up in case I've missed anything. And um and that popped up right at the beginning, right at the top of the list and I was like, Brilliant, I've got an audio clip for this episode because it's a great story. It is, it is. And you gotta love Kurt Russell. Yes. Do love Kurt Russell. Um, So this isn't the only instance of people witnessing something that looks like the Phoenix lights. Um, These rigid orbs that people have described, it's like hard light. Um, There have been sightings in at least 20 other countries. Um, At the time that documentary came out, uh, towards the end they start talking about this and they said there's been notable footage captured of the exact same thing uh, in Belgium, Russia, uh, Illinois, New Jersey, Mexico in 2004. Uh, there was, um, descriptions from World War II of the, of a similar thing. Oh, wow. Descriptions from 1917 religious visitations, sightings explaining the exact same thing. Um, and then they started linking it to the descriptions of balls of light in the Bible in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, foot, um, pictures in medieval paintings that depict the same thing. Um, and as the documentary came out in 2005, there was many that year, like a weird amount of sightings of a very similar thing in the, in the uh, year the documentary came out.
0: So it's, whenever you mention balls of light, I can just hear Tiss talking about ball lightning and him ball just lightning. laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you um Did you happen to catch the information about the second Phoenix lights happening in 2008? No, go on. Yeah. So April 21st, 2008, a similar thing happened. Um, a, a collection of four bright red lights were seen hovering silently over the city of Phoenix, Arizona once again. Ooh, and I'm afraid I'm going to have to immediately shoot this one down because uh. a man did come forward anonymously to the press, and he said that he attached flares to helium balloons and sent them uh. up, and the guy's neighbour also verified it. But I thought that was a nice little story. I
2: was I was hoping you would say that was ball lightning. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. No. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw any like the 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 the, the, the spiritual element of these. Lights. I'm going to say spiritual. I don't mean religious as such. Just the um, the the feeling that came over a lot of the um witnesses is something else. I know. I noted where mm. uh, a lot of people said like they, when their description of it, it wasn't just a visual description. A lot of people said that it gave them a specific sense or a specific feeling over them. That's why a lot of people say like alien communication or something. Because um, I've just written down a few keywords words that seem to come up in multiple witness um, accounts. Um, the feeling of warmth, a feeling of guidance, a feeling of peace, wonder, awe, and a feeling of intelligence. Hmm. Um, a lo- it's, I just found it interesting. You're going to get one kook who's going to say, I felt like it was someone communicating with me. But I just mm-hmm. found it interesting how many people use these same words over and over again. So, just a little something extra there, like to think about. Maybe it's a Rick. It's a communication.
0: I'd love to do a sociological study on those groups to find out things like you know what their religious beliefs are. Yeah, that's because that, I wonder if that factors into it as well. You know, if they yeah. see there's any religious element to the lights, or if they did think it was aliens, or yeah, you know, what what their explanation for it is personally, and how that fits with their philosophies.
2: Well, talking of that as well. That's the other thing. Some people, if they're already believers in extraterrestrial beings and UFOs and things, and then and then they witness something like that, the clarification it gives them hmm. can give them a sense of I knew it. Yeah. That rush coming over them. So it's interesting. I'd be interested to know if those, like you said, those people what's their religious belief. And also, you know, do they do they already believe in aliens before that? Was this like a... They're, they're, they're telling themselves, you were right, and that gives you... When you're right, it gives you a nice warm, fuzzy feeling anyway.
0: That's <laughs> it, yeah. But I must admit, there's been times where I've been looking up at the sky and I've seen a light that's sort of coming uh, from an interesting direction or moving in a way that you don't expect, and you're sort of staring yeah. like, oh, is it? Is it? And then it banks and you see the red light on the other side. It's yeah, playing. Yeah. Oh, fuck. But if it was we've, actually we've had something that, that I couldn't explain, yeah, I'd probably feel the same sorts of things. I'd definitely feel... Shock and awe, that's for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah so um, I don't know if you've got any other stuff to say about the Phoenix Lights. I'm nearing <sighs> the end of my notes.
0: No, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I've got down. Oh, there was, there was one, actually. Um, there is some good footage from a chap called Terry Proctor. It's a little bit grainy, but when stabilised, you can see the lights blink in one by one, which... Some people say it debunks the theories it was a single aircraft and supports the flare drop theory. But I did I see a, f-
2: a, 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 a video where it did seem like they came in one by one.
0: Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll send you all the links that I've got so you can include them with all the show notes and everything. And as I said, yeah, any yeah. listeners so inclined, take a little peek and make up your own uh, opinions on what it is.
2: What I'm going to insert now, listeners, now that me and Rick, I did this with the vom- vampire one. Um, I, I liked doing it because it's fun. But now you've heard me and Rick actually go over this and talk about it more in depth. I'm going to put in the little five-minute clip of Tiss introducing it to me and Beef for the first time. And you can hear the wonder in in my uh, voice in the young me uh <laughs> compare it to the scepticism <laughs> of now. But um, it's funny because it is, it is just five minutes of me and Beef watching a video and explaining what we are looking at. But um, it's fun because it's the first time we'd ever seen it, and, and Tiss is, is explaining it in a Tiss sort of way. <laughs> but I'll put that in now. And hopefully, you'll enjoy that that uh, audio as well.
5: Right, so should rolls roll straight yeah. into a video I've got? What is it? Well, my it episode's always Do, start do I have with to, with to lean across the, the table to watch it? Uh, I'll put the video round to you guys. Okay. And I'll come round. That'll work.
2: And as always, all the videos and everything will be on the blog. So this is, I don't know what this video is going to show, but I
5: remember the Phoenix Lights, I think it's 1997, does that say 1997? Uh, The Lights Above Phoenix, listeners might know about it, It it's
6: quite famous. I love this sort of music, you only get this sort of music in these sort of videos.
2: And what are these lights then? Yeah, those lights.
5: So this is a UFO spotting in Phoenix. Uh, it's probably my earliest uh, memory of a UFO video. I remember watching this when I was a kid, thinking, "Wow, definitely a UFO." That's a tower though. That's like a
6: radio tower. That one.
2: Did, it, did a lot of people see these? It's just like really renowned. A lot of people, yeah. Look at that.
6: Hmm. Yeah. Interesting.
5: Look at that light. <laughs> the keep the lights keep getting
2: hmm look, look at that yeah i like this video that's interesting when it felt, when the music first started i was like here we go but this is yeah this is amazing wow it looks like, like they're getting closer as well. it's fanning like there's more and more lights there's another one
6: wow that's cool I'm, okay, I'm going, going now closing
2: up pretty sure this
5: is another view another camera mm-hmm. oh yeah so it's
2: a totally angle, separate
5: it? person I um, saw this. I think a lot of eyewitnesses
2: saw this actually, as I remember. Uh, There's just kinds of different uh, footage
6: of it. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's probably it's unlike the other footage I've seen though.
5: That... I've
2: never seen that footage. No, yeah, I've never I, seen. I, rem- like I haven't that.
6: seen that footage for so long, and
5: I I remember today that when I was first interested in UFOs, like we all were, I saw that on um, probably not the internet, probably on like I don't know whatever. Mm. I saw it on. How old would you have been in '97? Uh, ninety-seven, eight. Might oh. have
2: been nine. Yeah, yeah, eight. Yeah. Did you remember? Do you remember when you I, was that young? No, no, it wasn't. No. Uh, was it on the news no.
7: though? Might I could, have been. I, on, I could uh, have watched
5: it. Pr- I probably watched it when I was like fifteen, fourteen. All right. Yeah, I imagine around that time. But I remember thinking that that, that there was it was like a whole UFO program, and that was the only convincing one. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure the hot. I'll, I'll quickly check the. The things surrounding it, I'm pretty sure they came out and said it was a weather balloon,
2: or Right. it was something that was just total... It sounds like a complete bullshit cover Yeah, up. yeah. Mm. So was that... I was going to say, I was, was going to ask, what was the um, like um government's response to what it was or whatever? Let's have a look. But they said weather balloon. Hmm. Phoenix Lights. Now, I'm not an expert Both on weather um, balloons, but I'm pretty sure they don't look like that.
6: I've seen footage of stuff like that before. Yeah. Um... Where people, where it's like people, and they were like filming directly underneath like a church mm-hmm. and people believe they were angels. Right, okay. But so that's the, the only other time I've seen something like that. The
5: United States Air Force said that uh, the second group of lights, were f- there the were flares dropped by an A-10 warthog aircraft that were on training exercises around the area. Um, witnesses claimed to have observed a huge V-shaped, several football field sized UFO coherently moving dark f- through the through the dark. Uh, stars would disappear behind the object and reappear as it passed by, yeah. producing no sound and containing five spherical lights or possibly light-emitting engines. So, lots of eyewitnesses. Obviously, There's... the aircraft, the air, the air Force said it was flares. Didn't look like flares to me.
6: The only other time I've seen, st- again, <laughs> the only other time, apart from the time I just told you, um, that I've... Physically seeing stuff like that is um, there's a festival that I go to in the summer with my wife, and it's also near a, um, a like an RAF base, mm-hmm. so they do loads of um, like nighttime flying. So I've seen similar things, and it does take a well, while. Like wow, I've not seen anything like that before. Yeah, and then you you suddenly start to put the pieces together, mm-hmm. but I've not seen it where it's like they they dim like that. Are they? Are they yeah, that like that stars like, weren't they like
2: fanned out. And then it like closed back up again. It was, I got to say, you've piqued my interest from the get go already. I was yeah. like, here we go, UFO video. These never convinced me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this that very convincing. No, that was yeah, really good. I've never seen anything like that.
5: It's the, the only one that's ever convinced me actually.
2: It reminds me of like like you say when something jumps out at you and you're suddenly like, huh. Because when I was looking at ghost pictures, I haven't never really used them in an episode. I was looking for them, all and they all looked like bollocks, bollocks, bollocks. And then I saw one. And I was like, "Whoa, that's fucking oh. weird!" And it, suddenly, you start giving all the others more credence because you see one that actually interests you. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, that definitely has jumped out of me.
5: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a UFO one. I've got like that, just sort of it's just sort of an extra thing to show you guys because it's probably the most convincing UFO spotting I've seen.
2: Okay, and that was so, in where was it? Sorry, San Francisco. Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix. That was not oh, well, It was really. Know. It was way better than all the other
6: stuff I've seen. Yeah. Mm. Very good.
0: I mean, f- for me, I, I I can't come down on either side of this. I can't say it's this or it's that. There's there's some compelling theories, um, uh, but there's also holes in those theories. So, mm. for me, it's a UFO. It is an un- unidentified yeah, yeah. flying object.
2: That's exactly what I was about to say. It's, it's truly unexplained. Like, There's yeah. still no explanation that satisfies everyone as to what this was. It's an interesting, unexplained event.
0: Yeah. Love it. And uh, if any of you lovely listeners do happen to come across any other interesting evidence, get in touch. Because we, we, we'd we love to do follow-ups on this sort of stuff, even if we don't record an episode about it, just for personal curiosity. You know, we're, 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 we're Tales of Unexplainable Geeks. We love it.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if this- you... If you are interested in The Phoenix Lights and you want to know more about it, um, I mean, we've we've gone over it sort of briefly, but if you want to watch that documentary, it's uh, the 2005 documentary directed by Dr. Lin uh, Kite. And um, it's worth a watch if you're interested in it. It's not a masterpiece or anything. And like I say, for me, it did sort of lose its way. But the sort of first half to two thirds of it, it's interesting to get all these different accounts from people. And also it's got some good like reconstructions of some people being like, Reading their book and then, like, rushing to the window and looking out and stuff. I, <laughs> I love that stuff. Um, you know,
0: like, as, as a bit of an aside, uh, this this actually gave me a little bit of a flashback to something. Have, have mm. you ever come across something called the McPherson tape?
2: Mm, well, the name rings a bell. What is that?
0: So it's like, um, it's basically like, like shaky hand, hand cam footage uh, of... Uh, an alien visitation
2: oh i know the one you mean yeah i know the one
0: yeah no I, I, this this took me back to that because i i happened to see that video for the first time under very strange circumstances i'd i'd been hanging out with one of my best mates back when i was a kid I was probably pretty, pretty like sort of 14 15 at the time and we went back to his house afterwards and he had a, a, a cable feed. So we got all of the American shows that we never normally saw over here. And, you know, we were kids and we were just sort of like hopped up on Pepsi and uh, Minstrels. You know, it was absolutely buzzing. And we're sort of flicking through all the channels. We end up watching Curling for a little bit because it just looked so <laughs> stupid. But then we, we flipped the channel... And it must have been at the exact moment the, the credits or the title screen played or whatever. And this McPherson tape starts playing and we're watching this thing. And it's like we've always, it felt like we're like tapped into a live feed and we're like watching this oh, wow. shit like, as it's happening. And it was terrifying. And th- this was before I'd seen like the Blair Witch and stuff like yeah. that. So this is, it was like the first found footage thing I saw. And it's, it it's intense and the thing that made it even weirder is at the end um they, they, like you get a bit of text kind like that typical horror thing like you know if you have any further information please get in touch and and then it just cut to black so it must have been the station was going off air for the night because by this point it was like four in the morning you know
2: when stations used to go off air
0: yeah yeah but it's just the fact that it, that it just stopped and we'd had this really weird phenomenon in watching it and we were both so freaked out, basically yeah. didn't sleep. And yeah, just it just sort of took me back to, to those days.
2: I love those days, though. I love that sort of like... You'd get so excited over stuff, or so worked up over stuff. Like, I wish my emotions were that sharp yeah. now.
0: <laughs> it's it's the curiosity and the not knowing. And I think the trouble yeah. is, as you age, like skepticism does start to kick in, and you start viewing stuff with that other eye. Like, as I always say, I'm always open to alternative explanations, but unless there is phenomenal evidence, then I can't just go, "Oh, it's aliens."
2: Talking to skepticism, what I found so funny about that episode thirty proof of aliens episode of Weird Tales is that for one time only, it's like Beef has got a real like scepticism hat on. He's like so like the Doubting Thomas all the way through <laughs> that episode. And it's just making me laugh how like he's not having any of it. Oh, I've um, never listened to that. But that's the first time at the end of that episode, um, we had um, Laura call in, who we dubbed our Aliens expert for a bit. We had her on for like two or three episodes. Yeah, And I she weighed in. And um, that was really fun as well. And beef so much less, like, sceptical when she's on the line. Kissing <laughs> <getting laughs> up to her. But, Laura, if you're still listening, get in touch. Maybe I'll have a chat to you about some of the stuff we've covered since because um been a long time. I forgot that we used to have her on sometimes, so, yeah. To
5: begin with, I started the episode off um, with the Phoenix uh, UFO from 97. I don't know if you're familiar.
3: Oh, yeah, the Phoenix
5: Lights. Yeah, yeah. So um, yep. I hadn't seen that clip in, God, Light like, I don't know, ten years maybe, eleven years, uh, and I sh- no not eleven years. <laughs> that would have been ninety seven. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Have you got anything to add to that? We, I don't really know much about it apart from it looks super realistic. Well, apparently,
3: like with the Phoenix Lights, um, there were like thousands of witnesses because everyone that was around when Hal was out in the sky, so everyone was out looking to see for Hellbop. Bop, and all of a sudden these lights came around and, and, um, there is an air force base around there, but they're used to like, the people in the area are very used to seeing, you know, flares and things like that. Um, a lot of the witnesses said that it was, um, a couple miles wide, this craft, and it made no noise. Um, it floated over the top of a lot of people's houses and it blocked out the stars and it was a, a perfect V shape. And it just, it went on for miles, um, from like Flagstaff down through Phoenix. And I mean, obviously there weren't flares, um, and you know, thousands of people witnessed it. And when they, you know, went to their governor, they kind of just made a big joke about it. And then years later, the governor was like, we couldn't explain it. So the best thing that I could think to do was to, you know, kind of just, um, make light of the situation because everyone was freaking out but he said that he saw it and he has no idea what it was and no one could explain it and they made a big documentary about it but yeah a lot of people there was one witness that said if they held like a newspaper over their head it didn't block this big huge thing out you know they could still see wow how big it was um yeah it definitely wasn't flares there was thousands of witnesses and there's there's a documentary that um gal made i forget her name but you you could easily google it and yeah. uh she interviewed all the witnesses and one of the like terror persons there in indiana um or city council people i think um really delved deep into the into the investigation and tried to get a lot of answers so yeah that's that was one of the, the big things
2: back in the day. Yeah, we, me and Beef had never seen it before, so we were no. it sort of instantly grabbed our attention. We um it did look like unlike any UFO footage that we had ever seen. It was really hmm. yeah. sort of I don't I'd never seen anything like it. It wasn't characteristic um in
6: nature with the other footage that I've seen.
2: No, it wasn't just lights, it was there was more to it than just like oh, there's a light in the sky. Yeah. There was like multiple lights, strange shape, you know, and like like uh, Laura said and what Tis said earlier, like so many witnesses seeing the same thing, yeah, and no one knowing what it was, and these flimsy excuses for what it was. <laughs> it really interested me. Yeah, way, yeah. Um, and I think I think that's everything I've got on the Phoenix Lights. That's that pretty much does it for me as well. Yeah, yeah. So listeners, like I said. Um, Beef and Tiss are going to be back uh, probably a week or two after this episode goes up. Basically, in May, from May onwards, there's going to be a full run of episodes through May and June. Um, we've got a listener stories coming up. I know Tiss has been working on something. I've had a few requests of episodes I'm sort of deciding between doing. Um, there'll be another episode of Rick right at the end to cap that one off as well. We haven't decided on what it's going to be yet. Um, in terms of charity stuff for the beginning of this year, because we've been sporadic with the episodes, we've still had uh, obviously advertising money coming in and stuff. So um, it goes without saying, I've, I've really put it on social media stuff, but all that stuff's going to um, the Ukraine stuff. Good man. Um, and obviously listeners know that um, Beef himself is a is founder of a charity. He's involved heavily with uh, Refugee Compassion, and they've been doing um, Ukraine uh, refugee appeals for that as well so some of the money's been going into that as well so that the charity money stuff has still been happening um, in the meantime and if you want to get in contact you can do so at pod at gmail.com you can go to weirdtales and com to Follow all the links there. Um, you can find me on social It's at Bob Shoy. It's at B-O-B-S-H-O-Y on Twitter. You can find Weird Tales on Facebook. You can buy merch on the website. All that stuff. It's all there. Uh, and you can go to my website, which is bobshoy.com, B-O-B-S-H-O-Y.com, to see other shows I work on. Weird Tales is the only one I'm working on at the moment, but I'm cooking something up potentially. I'm going to see how my studies go over the next month. I might put something out in the summer. <sighs> That's me done. Rick, have you got anything to add? No, enough from
0: me. Thanks for listening, as always, people. Look forward to the next one.
2: Yeah, and until next time, I don't know. What was the subtitle of that? We're, we are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> we really did cop out on that. side of things, didn't we? lack of enthusiasm there. I thought it was... thing is, what, what was this? I thought it was The Truth Is Out There. Which is how I ended The Proof of Aliens one. I think we said The Proof is Out
0: There. That's good. That's solid, man. Um, Off off, off your game.
2: And I thought the name, the subtitle of that documentary was The Truth is Out There. And Mm. my my read on that was me actually being shocked that it's We Are Not Alone, as I said it, which is, yeah, the lack of enthusiasm. Okay, until next time, The Proof is Out There. (laughs) That was Beef's input from like six years ago. (laughs) Right, let's hit stuff on that.